All right, I'm gonna ask you to have a seat. I love, I love that it's hard to get everyone to stop talking. Stan, I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to ask you to sit down. That's exactly what I want here. I wanna call people out and tell them, stop making friends, Stan. That's not what we're here for. It's terrible. Don't tell people I told you that. Uh, I am thrilled to be here. My name is Drew. I'm the pastor here, and um, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited to share with you one of my favorite parts. This week, uh, right now, is the, is the Columbia Heights Jamboree, uh, which is a fun time. I also got to go to the parade. For the first time, I got to go throw candy out, and uh, it's, it's a thrill to throw the candy. Every kid in the world thinks you're the coolest until you run out of candy, and then you're not the coolest. <laughs> I believe I was told that a few times, you're not the coolest. Before I get to my favorite part, um, I want to share, uh, last week we weren't here. Uh, Kelly and I had the opportunity to go to beautiful Colorado to hang out in the mountains. Isn't that? Uh, I assume you're whistling at the mountains, whoever just whistled. Not, Not me or my wife. Wow, come on. She's, she's worth a whistle. Um, we get to hang out this cool ranch, and I mean, if you've ever been in the mountains, it's you just stand there and you're in awe. Uh, it was it was a beautiful trip. It was uh, we really missed seeing everyone being here, but it was pretty sweet too uh, to just spend a week, um, not even a week, a few days, just hanging out there in the mountains. Uh, a few of our highlights: we got to go on this beautiful hike into whatever this into this valley. Um, and one of the things that was a highlight for me is we were there with a. a a bunch of other pastors at this retreat that was uh, created for us to go and just get rest and hang out. One of the things, we got to worship together. Now, this is a t- I know this is a terrible slide. This is a picture of me taking a picture of a slide <laughs> projected on a screen in a, in a meeting room in a hotel, okay? So forgive me for this. Um, this is one of the cool things. We had an opportunity to stop uh, and celebrate with a whole bunch of other church planters uh, the churches that were planted in 2020, which by itself seems crazy. Why are you planting churches in 2020? It's because we didn't know there was a pandemic coming. But also, God led us to, and guess what? We were on this list. Could you read it? This is Hope Community Church. This is us, everybody. We got to celebrate uh, a lot of churches from all over the world uh, being planted, and, and, uh, and one of those was us. And it was really encouraging just to stop and remember, like, oh, yeah, God did that. And that was over a year ago. And we're still here and God's still faithful. And um, uh, a lot of people were able to pray over us and pray over you and our church. Uh, and so I just wanted to pass that on to you. That was an encouragement to me. And hopefully to you, there's people all over the place uh, that are praying and thankful for you and what God's doing here uh, in Columbia Heights. But now we're back here in Columbia Heights, excited about the Jamboree. One of my uh, fears at a carnival are the rides. Thanks, Natty, for bringing up uh, accidents on these things. That's all I can think about when I go to a carnival <laughs> is uh, I look around, I think, how are any of these things working? <laughs> they brought these in on trucks, like old trucks, and then the person running it, I don't know how qualified. Is there training involved? Because they seem to just push a button. They don't seem to pay a lot of attention. Um, it, it makes me <laughs> very nervous. What has changed my... Uh, kind of anxiety about them, uh, you may, if you know me, you may understand that, is getting, getting to know the people running it. Now, if I'm standing there and my kids are on a ride that spins them around really fast, 
At first, I'm nervous. I think, please don't fly off uh, into the distance. But I, I had an experience, I think probably two years ago, here at the Jamboree. I'm at Houston Park in the parking lot. There was all these rides going. We went and got tickets. Our kids are going. And we had the opportunity to stand and talk to a person who was running the ride. And I kind of was trying to, without asking, like, do you have any training? Trying to get in, like, what qualifies you to really just push a button? Is, uh, and, and as I got to know him, got to hear his story. He actually uh, lives close by in the summers. This is kind of a summer gig to make some extra money to pay for school. He travels around and does all these city festivals and got to hear uh, how he's just doing all these extra jobs so he can pay for school so he doesn't have debt at the end of school. I was really encouraged uh, by the conversation with him. It like had one of those moments you're like, how terrible am I? I think I for sure was judging you as a ride operator. Uh, and just by talking to him, getting to know him, I felt way better about hopping on the Gravitron 3000. Um, now, I don't have a lot of faith in the mechanics of that machine. It looked like it was, has been maybe it was like donated to someone and they're using it as a leftover machine. But there's something about like getting to know this person that's running it and them saying, yeah, yeah they do all sorts of safety stuff and uh, we make sure, obviously, we can't have stuff that's going to like throw kids you know, into the field. It really, it honestly made me feel better. I remember feeling, oh, I feel better about carnival rides just from getting to know him. Um, I say this because I'm excited today. We are going to hop into a parable. We're in the parables this summer. Uh, and this is a parable that's going to talk to us about prayer. We're going to spend a couple weeks here looking at some parables that Jesus gives. These, these um, short stories, these narratives that give us a picture of what the kingdom of God looks like. They kind of un- unpack uncover the gospel for us. And he, and he has a few that are specifically connected to prayer. And I think for me, prayer, my prayer life is kind of lousy sometimes. And a lot of it has to do with my motivation and my trust, and my understanding of the person that I'm praying to, the, the one I'm actually having communication with. Like when you ask me, hey, how was your prayer life? I, that's a question that's kind of a, a joke sometimes amongst some friends. We say, you can always ask someone if they're like, I'm doing really well. You can always ask, how's your prayer life to humble them? (laughs) Because you'd say, oh, well, yeah, right? It's an area of my life that I I feel it often. Uh, And I think today, uh, this first week in this, Jesus is going to give us a little, um, he's going to really look at our hearts, the motive, I think, behind with this parable of why is it that it's hard to move towards God in prayer? Why is that a hard thing? One of the first things I uh, like to do when I'm, researching, looking at a sermon. I like to look up Christian t-shirts that have to do with the topic. So I looked up Christian t-shirts about prayer, and these are the top three. These are insane. <laughs> uh, first of all, this one, throw up a prayer. You sh- I mean, to have a shirt that says throw up in any context, <laughs> not, not helpful. That is a very vivid, vivid imagery to me, which isn't very reverent in prayer, <laughs> throwing up prayer. The second one, there was a ton of versions of this, work hard, pray hard, um, this one, I think, has like a sword or maybe has a cross necklace on it. Lots of versions. And I actually brought, bring this up because the last one is a shirt that my really good friend in high school had and wore all the time. Like was known as the, the pray hard guy because people would say, oh, you know Dave? You, you mean the guy that wears the pray hard shirt? And Dave liked to explain the shirt to you if you met him. Like he, he wore this shirt because he felt like it was an evangelistic tool, like a way to talk about Jesus. So he'd wear this shirt he had lots of Christian shirts. He'd wear this shirt. Anyone have this shirt? Anyone remember this shirt? 
wow, no one. Okay, so I knew, I knew a lot of people. They must have went to the same youth conference and bought this shirt. He had this shirt, and he would say, he would say oh, Dave, cool shirt. And he'd go, yeah, the knees are all gone because he's been praying so much. Every time he'd explain it to you. And you'd go, oh, cool, thanks. For, thanks. Uh, but I won't, I won't forget this. I was not, a, I was not a, a follower of Jesus when I first hung out with Dave. And Dave did, uh, over and over, shared the good news with me. All, over and over, told me how good Jesus was. And I remember him having this shirt, and I remember thinking, well, I don't understand totally why you even pray. And he said, well, we pray because we're, like, supposed to pray. I said, like, well, I remember the conversation. We're standing in the hallway between classes, and I had a moment. I said, oh, you wear that shirt. I'm sure you know more than I. I don't know why I'm supposed to pray. And he's like, because you're supposed to. Actually, a lot of answers for Dave when we talked about faith was you're supposed to. Um, and I thought, well, that's not a very good answer. Because <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to pray. Am I supposed to pray? Uh, this, I don't get why the knees are, I don't get why just the knees if he's praying. Why doesn't he have more than one set of jeans that he's praying in? He seems to be wearing these knees out. Um, I re- remember that though, because it, it hit me and I went, oh, I guess I probably am not a person who prays because I don't feel like I'm s- supposed to pray. And so it, it came out of uh, this feeling of like, well, it's just this thing that we're supposed to do Um, And so I do it. And I think today, this is what Jesus is going to get after in this parable. We are in the book of Luke, Luke 11. And this is a a fun parable that you might not always think of when you think of the the classic parables. This is a a parable about a friend who shows up at midnight. Which is like, ooh, what's going to happen? Middle of the night, this friend shows up? Jesus tells this parable. But the parable is in the middle of Jesus actually teaching his disciples about prayer. It's not just an interesting story about So we're going to start kind of in the beginning of this parable, and it, I think it will help us. It has helped me, encouraged me to think about why I pray. When I say, Jesus, help me pray, he's gonna help us think, like, what is the motive other than you're supposed to? Because that ultimately can just become law, right? It can just become a religion, become a rule that you have to follow so God's happy with you. And actually, we get to pray out of a really incredible motive and a heart change. So. This is, this is where we're at, and this is where Jesus' disciples ask, and we're going to go here, here in Luke 11. So if you have Bibles, or otherwise all the passages will be up here on the screen. Here's Luke 11. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John has taught his disciples. I'll stop there for a moment. I, I can't imagine what it's like to watch Jesus pray. I haven't actually thought about that much in my life till recently, but uh, I, I found this incredible painting. Um, this is a, a painting of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is right before he's arrested uh, and, and tried and, and crucified for us, for our sins and raised from the dead. You know the story. Uh, I love this painting because I often have an image of Jesus like uh, kneeling by a rock and there's like glowing light on him. And he's like, ah, right? There's this magical, this, I, this just captures this, this surrender, this like moment where he's like, I have nothing. And so I have to imagine these disciples have witnessed this kind of prayer, this, this, ex, this experience that Jesus is having, this moment where he is communing, he's co- connecting and communicating with God. And they say, Jesus, Tell us how to pray like that. We, we want to we have that kind of connection with God. So then Jesus says, okay, 
Well, when you pray, say these words. These words are going to sound familiar. We usually read these out of Matthew, but this one's out of Luke. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Lead us not into temptation. This is kind of the shorter version of the Lord's Prayer that we usually read out of Matthew 6, if you grew up uh, maybe reading that or even reciting that in church. It's a prayer that Jesus gives. It says, we get to call our God, Abba, Father. We get to have, we get to cry out, we're family. We say, God, you're holy. We want your kingdom to come here, not ours. We, we need you to provide for us. We need forgiveness of our sins that we can't do, but you can do. We need to be people who can forgive others. Please help us. Please, don't, please help us not move, uh, move towards temptation, towards sin. It's this great prayer that you could just spend uh, days unpacking and considering. So he just tells them what to do, and this could be the end of it. Jesus could say, okay, just say these words and lay on your face, and then it'll all work out, right? Just, just do these things. But he doesn't. He actually says this, and then as if he's God and knows, like, the hearts of the people he's talking to, he continues on and he gives this parable. I love this because in that moment I would say, okay, I guess I can pray those things. Jesus continues though to talk. Before you even have time to ask questions, before the disciples go, okay, let's go do it. He says, says, Jesus then said to them this. Here's our parable of the friend that comes at midnight. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, so first we just, you have a friend and you're going to go talk to him at midnight. Now, this is after you've been asleep for a long time. You went to bed about when the sun went down. So it's been hours. And you're, he's sleeping in his home. You're going to go to your friend, though, and you're going to say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer. So you, there's a couple friends here. You had a friend show up at midnight. They were probably walking. It, it, it was custom even to walk at night because of the heat. People might have walked when the sun went down. And they stopped at your home and said, I need to stay the night. And, and the custom, and not just the custom, but hospitality was so woven in to the culture that if someone showed up, of course you gave them a place to stay. And of course you fed them. And if you didn't have food, you went to your neighbor, your friend, and said, hey, can I have some bread? We have someone who just came, uh, and we need to be hospitable to them. This is, this is so crucial to their culture that if you didn't do this, you were really kind of shamed. You, were, you, you were, could be an outcast for not being hospitable. So you said, hey, my friend came, so I'm going to walk to my other friend's house and say, hey, uh, uh, a friend came. They need some bread. You're waking your friend up to feed your other friend who just showed up at midnight. This, this might be, for us, that would be, Wild, right? You'd say, why are you at my house at midnight? <laughs> what are you thinking? I wouldn't even consider, oh, you need somewhere to stay? I don't have anything? I'll go wake up someone else. <laughs> right? I might say that sarcastic. Oh, should I wake someone else up? So then three of us are up now? What are you thinking? It's at midnight. <laughs> Do you have a watch? It's midnight. So this, right, this person just went over. And uh, understandably, for at least in our current current culture, he says, and suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. So Jesus says, suppose this happens, you go to your neighbor, and, and the neighbor says, don't bother me. It's midnight. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. 
This actually would have been, uh, this would have been more scandalous than if he had given bread. Because it would have been like, you're not going to show hospitality to a person. You're not going to be willing to get up. He actually gives a few excuses that don't seem too out there. He says, hey, we're sleeping. If you come in and get bread, my kids are going to wake up. And every, anyone who has kids, you don't wake kids up when they're asleep, right? You, don't, you do whatever you have to to keep those kids sleeping. We're in bed already sleeping. I can't get up. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So this parable is saying, we went to ask for bread. He said, no, my kids are sleeping. I can't get up. And then it says, the person asking has this shameless audacity. I love this phrase. Shameless audacity. Sounds like a, like a terrible Christian band name. Uh, he went, it says they, he persists. The friend says, no, I need bread for my friend who's at my house. Now this word here uh, is a Greek word, anadia, maybe. Uh, and it actually means this. It, it means a lot more than this. It, it's, it's interesting. Every translation has a different, little different version of it. Persistence, something else. This one says, a lack of sensitivity to what is proper and carelessness in about the good opinion of others. It offers the following translations. It could be shameless, impertinence, imprudence, ignoring of convention, it could mean asking outside the normal rules or guidelines. I love this is the word that's used here. This is a word that tells us this person went and asked for something they needed. And the way they asked was out of the bounds of kind of the rule that, that was there. They, they said, I, I'm going to keep asking. And I'm going to ask boldly for this thing. And even if it feels like this is maybe outside the rules, this feels like it's, this isn't how you're supposed to ask. It's that question that when you were little, you would ask someone, you'd have like guests over. And then as a kid would ask like, hey, why does your breast smell funny? And your parents were like, you can't ask that question to this guy. You know, you'd ask the, the inappropriate question. If you, I mean, right, kids all day ask that question. It's this person came before their neighbor and asked a question that seemed like wasn't the proper, appropriate thing to ask, but shamelessly asked the question. And the person then gives them bread. Remember, so we're talking about prayer here, and Jesus says, hey, listen to this story about this person, how they persisted. And then he goes on, he says, so I say to you, ask It'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. He says, hey, I'm asking you, you're asking me how to pray. And I'm saying, you can pray these words, but listen to this story about this person who had this shameless audacity, this persistence this boldness to go outside of maybe what the parameters were or they had set up was appropriate for asking. They just came and bared it all. He says, when you pray, you can do that. This is a passage that also um, 
can be used sometimes uh, if just in this, con- if we just read part of this, right? And say, hey, I just need some stuff. Hey, you should go pray and ask because God said he'll give you whatever you ask for. I think uh, in a broader context, we're gonna look at this even a little more in a few minutes. This, is, this isn't saying um, God is now a, a vending machine that we just ask for things and then he drops the thing we want out. Uh, but it is saying we have a God that we can go to and boldly ask things and completely bear ourselves. And then he says, he gives kind of another mini parable in the middle of it. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Hopefully there's, hopefully there's not like one guy in the back who's like, I did that once. <laughs> That's totally a dad joke for your kid to ask for a fish and you give him a snake. <laughs> he says, but really... If your kid asked for a fish, would you give him a snake? If they asked for something to eat, um, would you give him a thing that could hurt them? Or if he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion, something that could kill them? If, if your child asked for something, are you going to curse them? Well, no. If you then, though you're evil, like he throws this in there, even though you're a sinner, you're broken, your motives aren't often right, your heart isn't perfect, even though that you're broken, you still give these good things. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more, friends, will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more will our perfect Father, who we've been learning last few weeks, is good and generous and gracious and knows exactly what you need and has access to all things how much better will he be? Like this starts getting down now into the, more of a heart issue. It's not just here's words that we're supposed to pray. Pray these words in a certain way and then everything will be good. If you remember kind of culturally the way these, peop- these disciples are, they're in a place where like, just tell us the rules. We'll follow the rules and God will be happy. Remember going through the book of Hebrews for many, many weeks, friends. We heard over and over, that's just law, right? That's just religion, He's saying, no, no, I want to get to this heart thing. How do you see God? How do you see the one that you approach to pray to? Do you see him as one you got to do all the right things so then he will allow you to pray to him and then maybe he'll give you what you want because you did all the right things? Or do you see him as a father who is so good and gracious? He give you the Holy Spirit, give you himself when you ask him. I think we have these different views of our earthly fathers, which then uh, sometimes give us a view of our fathers. Sometimes we have this view um, of dads that's just sweet, right? When a three-year-old asks you to get in their tent, get in their tent. This is a good moment. Anyone ever have one of these moments? The climb in the tent moment, it's pretty magical. You just sit in there, look at those little feet, so good. Sometimes we have this moment maybe where we view our earthly fathers, and we say, man, my dad's the sweetest. He, he's so wonderful. And then we turn and say, man, the heavenly father, though, he allows all these terrible things to happen. We, we kind of flip those sometimes. Sometimes we have a view of a father who's just angry and yelling, just telling us to go to our room, right? He just got that look. You think of, you think of father, maybe this is your view of even a heavenly father. So to, for me to say, hey, how, how's your prayer life going? You're like, not great because I don't want to h- hang out with him. If I 
confess, actually boldly come to him and shamelessly say, hey, this is what's going on. This is what I need. I'm broken. He's going to be so angry. He's going to say, ah, you are messed up. He's going to say, what are you thinking? Go to your room. Maybe we just have this view of like God's bringing the heat, right? I know God loves me. And all that love looks like is a elbow to the face, whatever move this is. I think this actual view, our, our heart, how our hearts connect with God, how we view our God directly impacts our prayer life. And for me, often this is why I don't know what to do. And I think Jesus knows that. And so he gives us this parable. He says, they say, how do we pray? Jesus, and he says, well, he, here's, these are important things to pray about, that God can forgive us, that he provides for us, that he's our father. But let's check the motive, like what's really going on? Why can't we approach him? And why do we actually believe this? Do we believe that our Father in heaven will give us the Holy Spirit, that he's so good and generous because that changes how we move towards him? We hear uh, about this God in Ephesians 1. It says, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. If we sat down and read, if that was our if that was the beginning, if that was the door we walked through when we decided to pray, if you woke up and said, I, I need some time with the Lord, and I read this and believed it, God, you've blessed me with every heavenly, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It changes my heart. It redirects me and go, I can ask you for anything. I don't even need to know how to ask you because you're a good father who has blessed me, who loves me, and so out of this, I, I, for me, I, I've been uh, processing this and thinking there are kind of three things that have really come, that I've taken away from this uh, that I hope encourages us today that has helped me as I've been thinking through what does it look like to pray like Jesus has called us to pray. And this passage tells us one important thing, that we're family. This passage starts by saying, Father. They say, how do we pray? And he says, start by saying, Father, not O oh, heavenly being, I beseech thee, mighty creator of all heaven and earth. You could say that. He says, this is your, this is your father, this is family. This, this identifies us. This changes uh, the person you're talking to isn't a vending machine, also isn't a far off uh, father, isn't an, an angry father who you're scared is going to yell at you, also isn't an apathetic father who isn't there. He, he's a, a real perfect father. He's a father who I just, with a quick survey of scripture, is many incredible things. He takes care of our most basic physical needs because he considers valuable from Matthew, who sustains the entire world, causing the sun to rise and sending rain on everyone, even those who don't acknowledge him. This is an incredible father we get to pray to, we get to have communication with and commune with. He's a father who can cast all our cares on because he will sustain us. Why do we, why do we hold back our cares? It's wild that I sit down to pray and I think, oh, I don't want to bother him with that one. I'll give him these other ones. 
He'll take all of them. He's a father who makes our path straight. We can trust him because he never forsakes those who seek him. I spend 10 minutes with someone running a carnival ride and I feel better about throwing my kids in the Gravitron 3000. <laughs> I can spend time with the creator of the universe and learn to trust him. I can trust him with my prayer and my communion with him. He's one who promises to give us true peace. How often is that your prayer? How many things do we go to for peace? And we have access to our Father who gives us peace. We can cast our anxiety on him because he cares for us. And he's the one who sent Christ to die for us. Even when we are enemies, sinners, we're ungodly. He still says, hey, your family though. I'm gonna rescue my family. Even when you are running away disobedient, I'm gonna come after you. His family. The second thing I've learned as we've gone through this passage is that he listens. That you can uh, sit down and you can talk to him and he actually hears what you're saying. Maybe, maybe, that's a, maybe that's kind of one of the obstacles you're seeing. Maybe it's not just that your identity is his child. Maybe that, is, that does help you. But I think, what about a father who actually listens? Who doesn't go, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Okay, well, we're, we're going to do this, though. All right, that, sounds, that sounds good. That's cool. Cool, great. Okay, great. Okay, go back to whatever you're doing. We have a father who listens, and we can say things in a shamelessly audacious way. We don't have to hold back. He, he, I, I know that I've sat down and prayed and I've had the thought come in my head that was like, you should ask for his strength to fight off this temptation, this sin that's entangling you. And in that moment, I think, oh, I don't want to bother him. Or really, I'm like, I don't want him to know that I know that I'm a sinner. I, he'll be so disappointed in me. But he knows. It's silly. He's like waiting for me just to confess. We have a father who you can confess all things. This is every week I sit down with a friend who says, I don't know what to pray. I'm worried if I pray the wrong thing. Like it, it might not happen. What might not happen? Right? We have a father. You can pray that you don't know how to pray. I don't even know what to say, God. Anyone have that prayer? All the time. I go, I don't even know what to say. You know what's going on in me. I don't even know what's going on in me. I just need you. That feels so kind of out there. It feels like there's not a proper way. I mean, maybe I'm not doing it right, so nothing's going to happen. There's not, a, there's not a doing it right. It's a, I'm going to stand before God and say, I don't know. I need you. I'm, I need to humble myself. It's incredible. We have a God who listens to us ramble on and, and says, I love you. I'm, gonna, I'm here with you. R.C. Sproul says uh, this, I just love it. He says, consider the riches we have lost from our father's house because we have simply failed to ask for them. So often our prayers are so nebulous, so general. Amen to that. God, I just make good things happen. What if we were bold in our prayers? What if we were specific in our prayers? What if we said, I want to ask for that, but it seems nuts. I mean, how is it ever going to work? That's something that God can't. I mean, who could do that? Our Heavenly Father can. What if your prayers were specific and bold and just nuts? 
I mean, we're like, if your friend heard you say it, you're like, that's, you okay, man? <laughs> what if we had shamelessly audacity, uh, 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 bold, bold prayers? And lastly, the thing I think I learned is that he gives good gifts. Michelle uh, Lee Barnwell says, um, however, it is important to remember that God will give his children the good things that he has promised them. He does give us good things. It's not up to us to determine what these good things are, but to trust that our heavenly father intends good for us. But very often the good that we want is not the same as the good that he provides. And that could be hard to accept. Amen to that. He does give us good gifts. What we're asking for might not be actually what we get, but what we get is good and right because we have a good and gracious and generous God who gives it. We know this from scripture as well. We hear in James 1, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. We have a God who is firm and not changing, and he gives all good things to us. Now, these three things aren't uh, new to this, to this moment as Jesus describes in this parable. As he reminds us, hey, this is how you pray, but consider who you're praying with. Consider the motive. Why is there seem to be a block or a wall that we come against as we consider our prayer life? Remember that we're family of a father who loves you, who's so much greater than even your great fathers you have. Even those sinners, he uses the phrase evil, those evil, broken fathers, parents that you have around you who are really good to you. He's so much better than that. Remember, he listens to you. He's attentive to you. And he gives good gifts. This isn't new. We've heard this. We hear this every week. This is the gospel. We have a God who has a family, disobedient children who have run from him over and over and over again. And they cry out, oh, we need forgiveness. We need peace. We need joy. We want to be loved. I want to be safe. And he says, I'm going to give you that good gift. Now you're grabbing for all sorts of things around you that you think are going to give you those gifts. Other people, maybe a substance, maybe a job or, or money, or maybe just you think you can, you're going to follow all my rules just right. You can be the most perfect religious person and it'll bring you those things. We cry out, God, we want these things. Then we turn to anything but God for them. And he says, I'm still going to come and give you the greatest gift of all. And he gives us a person that makes all these things possible. We can pray not because God's this cool father who listens, but because Jesus has made it possible for us to commune with the God of the universe. The one who created each of you, who loves each of you, who listens to each of you, who gives good gifts and has given us the greatest gift in Christ that we can say, we are broken, we need you, we need you. And he says, here's Jesus. This is really, really good news, friends. So I want us to consider today, I'm going to ask the, the band to come back up. We're going to be able to sing and worship God. I'm going to ask them maybe just to play for a minute or two so we have a, a little time to pray.
I want you to consider a few things as we move into a time of singing and prayer. Um, do you know that Jesus makes it possible to approach God? Do you, do you know Jesus? That'd be a first step. First step isn't figure out how to pray right. The first step is move towards Jesus. And maybe just consider why is it hard? Maybe pray. God, I don't know why it's so hard for me. What are these obstacles to my prayer? What is the motive in my heart that makes me not want to come to you? Consider how you're reminded of the good and gracious Father. Maybe who around you reminds you of the good and gracious Father that we have. Maybe what, what in his word, how does it remind you? And lastly, could, could you pray this week with shameless audacity? What would it look like to sit and be completely transparent, just naked before God? See, this, is, this is what's going on. What does it look like to drive today to work? If you get to drive to work again, I'd say, God, this is just to, 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 to lay it out before him. What does it look like to be people who pray in this way? I want to give us just a minute to do this. So we're going to take a moment here as the band, um, as Jordan strums his sweet guitar. Thanks, man. Um, I'm going to ask us just to take a moment right where you're at to, to try this out. Maybe just give it, a, give, it a, give it a roll. So just sit where you're at. And I want you to think like, what is it that I haven't been praying about? What is, what is this bold prayer that I'm not asking God? Is there, is there just some nebulous prayers you've been kind of throwing around? What does it look like to specifically say, God, I need you for this? I, I don't know what to do. So we take just a minute and do that right now. We're going to pray where you're at, whether you want someone to close your eyes or just stare off somewhere. Um, let's pray. Let's do this right now together. And then our, our team here is going to lead us in worship of that Jesus who's so good, who makes all this possible. Um, let me pray to just enter us into a few minutes of prayer. God, we are in awe of you. And we have some things going on that we're not even sure how to put into words. We're not even sure Honestly, we doubt if you could do them or if any, anyone or even what the answer is. I ask now, Lord, that you would give us that boldness, that you would tear down walls and obstacles that have caused us to not connect with you, to not commune with you. Lord, that uh, we would know you are good, that we would never forget the goodness of the gospel that makes it possible that we can pray with you. Right now, you give us just this moment to pray those things and be believe that you will give us what is good.